The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate, available only on the next generation GMC Sierra SLT, AT4, and Denali models, to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing. Go professional grade. Step up to GMC and get 20% below MSRP on next generation 2019 GMC Sierra Double Cab and SLE Crew Cab models with a traditional tailgate. We are professional grade. GMC. Offer includes price reduction below MSRP and purchase allowance. Not available with special financing lease and some other offers. Take retail delivery by 9319. See participating dealer for details. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. All right, so here we are. This is going to be, I think, my favorite one. This is the most anticipated one I've ever taped, recorded, whatever you want to say, because uh, we've talked about doing this a bunch of times. We've been roommates several times. Yes, we have. We live the same life each and every day. Same life each and every day, and we've been teammates for three and a half years. Three and a half years, yep. yeah. Yep, good buddy, Donald Coop. I'm going to just call you Coop, because that's call what I always Coop. call you Coop. I Coop. won't answer to Donald. Uh, <laughs> Coop is... Long-time caddy for Lucas Glover, and there's there's got to be – I mean, there can't be but maybe one or so people out there that have been with the same player for as long or longer than you. The only person I could probably think of is maybe Furick and Fluff. Yeah, not, not longer, but as long. As long? No, not longer. Yeah, they look older, but <laughs> not. No, I think Lucas and I are about the longest running right. team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Deal. So you've obviously had... How long is it? This is our 18th year together. Wow. So 17 solid. How'd you meet? How did y'all meet and hook up? The first time I met Lucas was at Augusta National. Coach Henley brought him to play the course, and I just saw him strike the ball, and I'm like, wow, this guy's got golf. <laughs> he knows golf. Then later in the, his career, ran across one another on the web.com, which back then was like gateway or whatever who knows and uh just he had a quiet caddy and he uh saw the way i caddied was a little different and we just kind of clicked and then a couple more events down the line and who he's like hey if you ever need a job call me got fired or quit whatever it doesn't matter and (laughs) he called me halfway home from wichita and said hey meet me in eugene oregon and let's go try to do it miss first five cuts (laughs) <laughs> you felt like a good luck charm. Yeah, I felt like a gym. <laughs> but then we won our sixth event. Did you really? Yeah, in Gila River. Beat uh, Robin Freeman by one and uh, you know, got his tour card. Had the joy of going to Prattville, Alabama and playing that torture chamber. <laughs> but uh, made my dream come true, you know, made me a PGA, PGA Tour caddy full-time. I'd spent a couple of – done some – 
tournaments out here, but I wasn't a solid PGA Tour caddy. Right. You know, I was back and forth, but he solidified my dream, and off we went. Been a fun ride. Been fun and been, you know, not fun. Yeah. But that's life. If life was just fun or anything was just fun, it wouldn't be. Would, yeah. You know, it wouldn't be true. So, uh, he played a year out here. Great story our first year. Just to show you how the rules of golf and how honesty kind of plays into this game is Lucas was in Jackson, Mississippi and hits a drive right down the middle of the fairway. There's a creek about... Is this Annandale, old Annandale golf course, probably? This is uh, exactly right. Number 18 has a two-foot wide creek that goes through the middle of the fairway, and this ball never left the middle. We get up there, and it's nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found? No. Got a 89-year-old spotter <laughs> 100 yards away. Of course, he couldn't see it. <laughs> Playing with Ted Purdy, and Ted just, you know, wasn't paying attention off the tee, and... You know, I go by people's heart and honesty, and I, honestly, I don't think he saw where the ball was. Right. So, therefore, we, long story short, had to take a double bogey because he had to re-tee. Missed our card by X amount of dollars with just a fistful, and uh, back to Q school we went. Uh, it had to be tough. No, it was tough, but it wasn't tough for me because, hell, I didn't know any different, you know? We go to Q school, and on the... It's like, uh, how many days? Nine, 10, 20? It seems like 20. We're playing out there, and on the last day, with four to play, he goes, what do we need to do? I go, we better birdie three of these last four. And he birdies three of the last four, and we're back to where he belonged. So you and, knew he belonged the minute you saw him? Oh, my God. The minute I saw him strike a golf ball, I knew this kid had it. I mean, he just had something. The sound was different. Ground, it does sound different. The ground moved if you were standing close. I call it foot massage now. Give me a foot massage. <laughs> Especially on par three tees. I'm like, massage these feet for me. <laughs> but it's just the guy has made me a complete person. Just, you know, not only with golf, but just life. And, uh, you know, we've had our struggles back and forth. We've been back way too many times to the web playoffs and but he always gets it done mm-hmm. because he knows he's got to know that that's where he belongs is right here on the pga tour playing with the best in the world because in my opinion he is the best in the world if he could get you know golf so complicated and that's you know tony's job and jackson's job and all the teachers and people that support us that they get their information from but Nobody can teach them how to believe in themselves. And that's the only thing I think that guys as talented as he is, they don't have the belief that they're that good. And I think one of the biggest parts, or not the biggest parts, I think one of the cool things about working with you and being on the team with you is seeing how much we all pull for each other and pull together. It's it's fun. I mean, I enjoy hell. We we enjoy the shit out of working together. I mean, it's this is Players Week for people listening. This was recorded Players Week on Tuesday. Got mm-hmm. done early. We're at Poe's Tavern having a couple drinks together and and uh, relaxing. Right. And we enjoy I mean, spending time together. We do. It's not a. It's not something we do out of having to do it. Mm-hmm. It's something we want to do. We got a great team. We had our struggles today. As you guys know, we, we wasn't great on our putting. 
a little bit of lack of confidence, but we didn't walk away when there was adversity in our team. We stood right there and we stood by him and made it happen and we left happy. And that's why we're here right now and not sobbing. So you've talked a bunch about confidence. You're one of the most supportive people I've seen out there by far, if not the most. I would think that if you're a caddy that doesn't 100% believe in your player, like you believe in Lucas, Absolutely. right? That I know there's ones that don't, but like if you're one of those and you don't believe in your player, the odds that you stay together long-term probably aren't very good. You're exactly right, Tony, because what the effect of that is in not believing in your player comes not caring about how exact you are with your job. And no matter how good they are or bad they are, these guys are good enough to understand when you're for them or against them. And you got to be one or the other. You can't be in between. And he knows every day that he tees it up, I'm 100% behind him and will do anything that I can do to make it a successful day. I think that has helped him through his career because the day that he hired me, he goes, do you want a job for life? So he understands the importance of having somebody on his side that backed him 100% no matter what. If I had doubt, if doubt gets in there ever that I'm not going to do 100% for him, it would be my choice to leave him because I wouldn't be helping him. Mm-hmm. And I hope I don't ever get that feeling, but that's the honest truth that, you know, you got to be 100% sure about what you're doing or you're going to make mistakes. You know, because it gets fr- – in fact – Bill Haas and I had, we were talking about this week or so, guys, up there working with him, talking about, we were just talking about, we were actually talking about you and how long y'all been together, but he's talking about how, we are just talking about caddies, that when a guy's playing bad and the caddy gets frustrated and you see the caddy make like a, when a guy makes oh, putt, and bucks. he was like, I want to go fire him for the guy. Like, he is like, I get mad for the guy because like it's not like they're not trying out there right Right. those guys are trying their ass off and sometimes it doesn't work the bottom line is they're trying too hard Mm -hmm. because they care about everybody on the team the bottom line is they are responsible in a sense for supporting the team and that's a lot of pressure on a human being but then again i don't care if he makes albatross or double bogey at that moment it doesn't matter unless it's the last hole of the event and it affects our position or his position. You know, Thursday, like John Deere, we made an albatross on whatever day. Mm-hmm. And he's like looking at me for some knuckles or high fives. I'm like, for what? Saturday. We got eight more holes to play. You know, I just don't get caught up in, in little things. I'm just there to help him and get the job done easy. I'm trying to make his day easy. You've been out there a long time. Doesn't mean you're old, but you've been out there a while. I'm old, but I love it. So you've seen a bunch of good young players come up and stuff. What are things like when you see a young player that you go like, hell, shit, this guy's going to be – what are the things that you see in players that make you go, this guy's going to stay out here a long time? What do you look at? Well, the first thing is how he carries himself off the golf course. You know, just what kind of person – you can judge a person by the way they carry themselves, you know. Head down, probably not 100% certain in himself. It's a funny little story is uh, I was telling people I grew up caddying at Augusta, and Jordan Spieth was, you know, he is a great player, a great kid, and 
people were asking me, you know, what's going to stop this guy? Who's going to beat him? I said, you know, the only person that's going to beat Jordan is Jordan. I go, he's a young player. He's never really faced severe adversity. And golf has a tendency that when you do have, shall we call it, shock from the game, it changes your brain, the way your brain thinks. And, and it's happened to Jordan. Because Augusta, you know, he, he, he had a terrible Sunday and it affected his game because it affected the belief in himself that he made a bad decision or whatever. I know for a fact that Jordan will come back 100%. 100%. Because he is a great kid and a great player. And I just think that believing – But it takes time to get that belief back, don't you think? So you don't. You don't just get it by, like, playing one good ground or one good month. In half the – in double the time that it took – to lose it, mm-hmm. triple. It's five times over and could go on and on and on. But at some point, you've got to overcome mistakes because people make mistakes, and this game's played by human beings, not machines. Therefore, you make a mistake, get over it. You know, vent, sure, but don't let it affect another hole. I can deal with it affecting one more shot, but not, you know, yeah. three, four shots on in the future and Lucas has always been pretty good about that you know he'll huff and puff a little bit and then you know there's a cutoff yeah. to where we got to walk into this shot with a clear head and that's why I respect him and that's why I stay with him because he does the things that in my mind a professional should do it's interesting though that when you talked about what it took to stay out there none of it was how they hit it how they swing it how far they hit it about how they conduct themselves, how they believe in them. I mean, those things. What and I they, don't think people get that. What they are as a person, because they all hit it good. They all chip it good. And they all put it decent. But then again, you got to come down to who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And then that's how the effects increase or decrease in these situations. You know, somebody that's negative and down on themselves, something bad happens, well, it's going to cause a negative effect. It's going to be worse than somebody that goes, oh, shit, it's just a, you know, it's just something that happens. My phrase is always, that was a fluke. You know, he don't like me saying that, but I say it every time. That was a fluke. Get over it. Let's carry on. Right. You know, you can't control what happens after that ball hits the ground. You know, and we always get, where's that? Well, he's four feet taller than me. He should be able to see where it's at before I should. I mean, what are you asking me from down here? Where's that hell? I don't know. But they constantly are asking, where's that? And, you know, like even courses we play where I've never been. And he knows I've never been on this golf course. He will hit a shot and go, Cooper, where's that? And I'll just go, I think that's left rough. We'll get up there, and sure enough, it'll be in the left rough, and he'll just go, and he'll look at me like, how'd you know that? And I'm like, why'd you ask me? <laughs> but it's uh, been really good. Be, I, being out here 17 years mm-hmm. as a professional caddy, I've seen just everything you can imagine. I mean, I've seen comebacks. I've seen. What's the craziest thing you can remember watching happen? The craziest thing I can ever remember would have to be, and it wasn't in person, it was uh, Ernie L's at Augusta on 15, just when he basically lost his mind. He, he was playing solid golf. He had a chance to win the Masters, and he hit, some, hit it in the creek, and he just really, you could tell, 
his composure was lost. Mm -hmm. And then that impressed me enough to know that back then I wasn't a tour caddy. It was like, you know what? When or if I do become a tour caddy, I'm going to do everything I can to make the guy more comfortable when something bad happens. And I think that's helped me through the years, just paying attention to adversity and kind of thinking in my mind how I would deal with it if it happened to me. So, I mean, no matter how good the player is, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're Tiger's caddy Joe LaCava, right? The guy's going to have adversity, right? happen. When things start to get rocky, like players all the time, no matter how great they're playing, a couple swings will happen or they're in the heat of it in a tournament, things get a little shaky. What do you do to get the wheels back on the ground and the bearing? How do you handle that? Make them laugh. I make them laugh. I get their mind off of where we're at, what we're doing. It doesn't matter. I have not gone as far as to lie, but I'll make up some stories. I'll get the guy's attention to where it needs to be, drawn into anything off of golf for our walk, whether it be a 50-yard walk or a you know a 280-yard walk. You got that little gap in between shots is our time to do our work. And you come up with whatever you can within that span to get their mind back to where it needs to be to the next point in the venture. And, you know, each individual caddy, they have a different way of doing that. Some don't do it because the player may not want it, but that's the player I don't want to be with. You know, I want to be with a guy that talks it out and stays with me and communicates. And Lucas is the guy that does that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. He does not dwell These are fun. Who are some of your favorite people, players that you not caddied for but are in play with in the group? Oh, by far, Tiger for the jokes. I mean, he's a constant joker. Really? Oh, he and Joe LaCover are constant. You know, Joe's more of a – he's a little quieter than Steve Williams was. But if I told the things that Tiger and Steve did to Lucas and I during the rounds, it would be a little embarrassing. I mean – I've never heard so much flagellants in my life. <laughs> uh, I felt it on my thigh. Um, I've smelt it too many times. That's their gig. That's what they did, and that's how they released. Uh, no pun intended. No, absolutely. Talking about not. moving your unit. That's right. You know, keeping that thing going forward. This is the opposite. It's letting it out. <laughs> Jeez. But I always, right there, I always look forward to playing with Tiger when he was with Steve. And now I do with Joe because Joe and I are such good friends. But with Steve, we weren't that close, but he made me feel like I was part of the group by farting on me. Uh, I've always enjoyed watching the the old guys that we were paired with back in the day. I love to watch Retief Busey play golf. Really? Yes, I don't. I can't explain it. It's the tempo, the 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 way he walked the to the ball was the same as his swing. It was just the same tempo. Never spit, never speedy, never slow. Just always perfect. And I'm a tempo. I, my eyes see tempo. So I always like watching Retief play for some reason. That's really odd that I said that. But yeah. I don't think it's odd. What a great player. I mean, how good was he that one stretch in U.S. Opens, right? Yeah, I mean, to imagine the guy didn't 
nothing bothered him. He, uh -uh. he was like stoic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think to this day that, you know, Retief has to be one of the most zoned in doing what he has to do that day players that I've ever seen. Yeah. Another one was Justin Leonard. He fascinated me. Really? Just, you know, the guy, when I got to see his career, he was not bombing the ball. He was never a bomber. You know, he hit it, not short, but the guy put the ball where he needed it to be to where the flag was. Like, he never drove the ball to a right pin down the left side of the fairway. I mean, the right side of the fairway. It was always left portion. He was always thinking and manipulating the ball to where he had the best angles. And that really impressed me. That's why he was so good. That's, I think that's the only reason that he, you know, had the ability to do that is, is just connecting the dots to the hole. Uh, now, as far as fun, I love to play with Webb and Paul. They are just funny. I mean, we played in Mexico City on Sunday and Webb is shooting the highest round he shot in six years and we laughed and cut up and joked the whole way around. It's just, you know, at some point you just got to be human about it. Right. And I, that's funny because today I talked to Paul and Webb on the putting green and I go, hey, see you in Mexico next year. And Webb said, ain't no way. He goes, Cooper, I ain't missed a cut in three months and I missed, you know, if that would have been a cut, I would have missed it. Right. And that's the way golf goes. You know, some places don't fit. Some places don't fit everybody. At 8,800, it don't fit anybody. Right. But, you know, somebody won the tournament, and that's the guy that took advantage of the altitude and everything about the week, and that's why I love this game. Boy, that was a tough bitch to walk. Wasn't it? I mean, that talk. if you want to talk about a hard walk, that was the only thing I can compare. My dad does a lot of hiking and climbing and mountain stuff, and... That I can compare that to mountain climbing. Yeah. I mean, it was really hard on my body. Well, I never, I just, I never got used to that altitude. No. Didn't sleep. We didn't sleep good. Nine iron one, going 190 is hard to, you hard know, to it's do. really hard to, to, to put in your mind. But Those margaritas at the bar were good. Oh, best ever. See-throughs. How many margaritas can you see through? <laughs> this thing had so much tequila in it, it'd kill a family guana. <laughs> we had a great time there. How many times do we have a bad time? I mean, really. I've truly. never had a bad time. No, with you. I mean we've been put through things. Uh, Tony and I spent a frigid, frigid Sunday on the range at Pebble when the U.S. Open was there. Yep. And I mean, we were to the point of we were looking at one another, going, "What can we do to make this better?" And the reason I'm sitting here doing this podcast right now is because Tony stood up and said, "Hey." There's not that much wrong here. This is what you need to do. And if you do this, it will be good. And he did it. And we went and had beers afterwards. Yeah. Not too long after that. But we could have been still there. I mean, without some authority and, and just... So, you know, we've talked about this. Sometimes, sometimes the teacher, the caddy, whatever, have to step in and return everybody to normalcy. Like, and say, you're not out of whack. Absolutely. Hit the three wood or whatever it is, right? Absolutely. Sometimes you got to. And, uh, and yeah, I, I can bring up a point right here. Lucas is on the range one day just hitting shot after shot with the same club. Just shot after shot after shot like a machine gun. Never looking where it's going. Never standing behind it. Just pulling the ball in there and hitting it. And Tony goes, 
can you do me a favor and, and, and hit me a three wood, which was a different club. And he pulled it and hit the most beautiful shot ever. And I think that's where a good instructor comes into play is anybody can stand there and hit bad shots one after the other. Anybody. For sure. I can. Bad shot. I, saw, bad I was shot impressed with how good shot. you played last week at Frederica. I had a great time. You know, I was with my friends. I was with you. I had Jackson's clubs. I mean, the putter was phenomenal. <laughs> I watched That's these right. guys day in and day out do what they do at the level they do it. And it sneaks into you know what to do and you know what not to do. So, therefore, I know how to get the ball in the hole. It's not pretty, but I know how to do it. But you know what? When it comes down to it, I wouldn't trade this profession for anything in the world. You love I've it. You're great so at it. So many good people, and and I feel comfortable. And uh, we're, I think, these next couple of weeks in Florida and then Augusta are going to be super fun, and we got a lot of good things looking forward to. It. You've been out with me a couple of times. Have you seen anybody that knows more people than Coop? The first I can remember my first first time I went out there with y'all. Been out obviously other people, but it was Hartford. Remember, and then y'all didn't play. Yeah, we, when we had him dialed, yeah, hundred percent dialed, right, and had a family emergency, right, we could but, not do it. But I was I, st- I remember standing there, and before anybody came out, Coop had to have talked to forty five people, right? Yeah, they're <laughs> and, all my brothers. Everybody, I got something for you. Everybody's, but I, but I don't have my it. friends, right? And and that's that's why I love it out here because mm-hmm. I've met so many friends and you know my best friends are my family, mm-hmm. but I'm away from them so much that, that the friends out here just make the time more easy to cope with, and they actually turn it into fun. Well, they I think they I think same thing. You know, I, I'm not on the road as much as you. But we're away from family a lot. Yeah, I we think get lonely. You, but I think you get, think you get where, heck, I you know when Yvonne and I got married. I mean, you and Lucas were invited. I mean, you guys are like our family, yeah, right? Because I mean, we spend so much time that's what together. It's in, that's right? what it turns into. It turns into uh, uh, one a bigger family. And you know, like Tony's never met my wife, and like every day that I talk to her, I'm like, if you meet Tony. Your life will be easier because this guy's the best. I mean, he makes life easier. It's funny, and my wife likes to. She loves comedy. Mm-hmm. Why she's that's why she's with me. No, yes. <laughs> we have fun and laugh, and that's what keeps us together. And that's what the guys out here do. Too close of a group of people to have an enemy because you see each other every day, day in, day out. So why create an enemy? Sure, there's things that happened out here that I wasn't happy with, that individuals did, but they didn't do it on purpose. Right. You know, and I don't judge people, so therefore I just try to get along with everybody. And I do, I have a lot of friends out here. I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of one person right now that I wouldn't sit down right here and, and have a conversation with that works out. Mm-hmm. Maybe one. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one. But we're talking about, what, 300 people. Yeah, one or two and, out of you 300. Know, usually in a, in, a, in a group of 300 people, you're going to find 150 assholes. I mean, that's just how life is. Mm-hmm. But out here, you know, you don't. Most guys are good guys. So, wrapping it up, Augusta. You mentioned Augusta. Yep. You started as a cat there. I know both of us really looking forward to that week. That's a special week. Got to be special for you going back. It's just super special. I get to entertain 
you know, four or five caddies at my home for the week. You know, it makes me feel good to, for them to ask questions about the course and just, you know, it builds my confidence just them asking me about right. the course. And, and I know every nook and cranny of that place. I mean, I caddied there 11 years, day in and day out. So it's super, super exciting to get back there. And I just want to go in there with the thought that we deserve to be there. And I want Lucas to understand that, you know, he deserves to be there and, and we deserve to have a chance to win. And, and I think that we should be one of the top 25 picks that week. I mean, Lucas is a solid ball striker. He does everything well. Sure, he had his putting woes back in the day, but we've overcome that. And uh, where you've got him right now with his confidence is really, really got me. It's pump- I'm pumped up. So, with your experience there, you know, I th- they've made it harder and longer than it used to be. Yeah. What are the keys? To, what do you think are the keys to winning there? To me, you got to drive the ball really well now. Drive the ball well, and, and, and I hate to bring this word up, but miss. If you miss a drive, miss it on the correct side. Right. Because at that place, you know, they tend to favor a side on a fairway, and the rough, never really high, but it's yeah. a little more penal on a certain side of the fairway. And uh, in the past, we've missed some tee shots on the incorrect side. And I just think through the years, we've learned that, you know, we know how to play that place. I mean, we can go out and do it, you know, blindfolded. Right. So if we go out there with the with the thought of just having fun, doing this for what we started doing this for, and that's to enjoy ourselves, that we will be a contender on Sunday. That's and all anybody can ask for. Have a chance. That's exactly – that's all you can do is put yourself in the position – that you make and take advantage of it, you know. If you don't, that's fine. But get yourself in the position to where you can move to possibly dominate, you know. And I know we can do it. Without a doubt in my mind, I know it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If we don't, hey, we don't have a bad record at Hilton Head either. (laughs) That's the way I think. Let's keep going. Yeah. But I really do have a good feeling about Augusta. Don't want to, of course, curse ourselves or anything, be overconfident, but – Weather could be a factor. We've had some really. Can be for sure. We've had some really inadequate weather as far as the the grass there. Really cold, so Lucas hits it good off of any turf, and, and I just think that uh, no matter what it's got to, for us, we'll have something for it. That's awesome, Coop. You're the best. I know this won't be the last time we have a drink in the next couple of weeks, but I thanks sure for sitting not. in. We got to do this. I think our next one, we ought to either do one at Augusta or maybe at a pub at the British. Well, hey, if they if they like this, we'll do it every week. Perfect. I'm in. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab. 
and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the Dew Sweepers, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are, first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years, and their belief and support of what we do here with the Dew Sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com, or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dewsweeper.